Hello, I'm Paul and you're listening to Going Vegan. Welcome everybody to the Going Vegan show with me, Anthony, and today our guest is Paul. If you're listening to these in order, this will be the seventh show and what's hopefully becoming apparent is the real diversity and different ways that people can go about a vegan transition and can incorporate veganism into their lifestyle. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, so let's get straight into it with Paul. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to, to connecting and we, we've known each other a little bit before, but yeah. I've, the, the things that we're about to delve into, I lo- know little to nothing about. So it's uh, I'm going to be in the same position as everybody else here. Okay. Could, could you start things off by telling us a little bit about those first seeds of veganism or that, that first glimmer that it might be something that might become part of your life, might be something that you might be interested in? Yeah, so I guess I'd have to step back probably to being reasonably young because my journey to veganism was the sort of classic slow and staggered view, I guess, really. So I was always brought up with pets, um, always brought up questioning where what, what animal meat was from when it was put on the table in front of me, apparently, according to my mother. So I think I always, I always had that connection i think which is quite important between the food on the plate and what it really was you know what it was before from that point onwards there was seed sown through various roots i recall being around about 15 i think and if i if i remember rightly i may have picked up a, a leaflet in my in my hometown then which i think might have been animal aid um say so struggling to remember back that far now um 35 years ago um and i think it, that probably got me thinking and then i recall around that sort of time there was a, a sort of pivotal moment for me being with my friends in london again about 15 16 i think and everyone headed off to mcdonald's or burger king and i just said i'm i'm not i'm not going to go there i'm going to go and get a go and get a sandwich you know sort of from some from somewhere else and i think that i remember that distinctly as a time when i sort of start to eschew red meat so that was kind of the first step i guess really from yeah i was just gonna say is is that something that you'd regularly be doing in terms of like i don't know s- stepping out of line or like going against the grain with things because like, um, to many people no. that's quite a bold move it is and i would say certainly at that age i was very much not that kind of person i wasn't i was i was probably very much towing the kind of normal line like like most kids of that age i would think i'd probably like to to fit in so it would that would be quite unusual for me i think and and i, I don't really remember feeling particularly uncomfortable about it but yeah it was probably one probably one of my very few moments where i did step out of the, the norm to be honest thinking about it and was that because of the information that you'd learned like through this leaflet or like you described a younger age being quite inquisitive, like questioning things? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a I think it was a culmination of those things in that I'd got to the point where I'd reached a decision that I didn't want to eat red meat anymore. And it was kind of it was it just felt the right thing to do. So I don't think I faced that sort of uncomfortableness if you're going to suddenly decide you're going to become, I don't know, like a, a goth or a punk or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. different to everyone else. And, you know, you might get quite a lot of, you know, obviously naturally you're going to get a lot of ribbing for that and a lot of uh, challenge. So, but I don't, remember, I don't remember feeling like that. I, obviously memory can play tricks on you sometimes. And, you know, whilst I think my friends would have probably given me some gentle ribbing, it wouldn't have been too 
too much, I don't think. And obviously being in London at that particular moment in time, I could just pop to somewhere else and get something. There was availability of an alternative at that moment in time. Yeah. So how did things progress from there? So from there, I think it was a, it was a gradual step up over the years for that. So and this is a game where my, mem- my memory might be out slightly on some of the years, but I'll do my best to recall. I went to uni probably about the age of 19 and I think it would have been around 19 or 20 years old that I decided to give up chicken and um, again I remember I remember the last meal I had that was chicken because I was cooking it and I dropped it on the floor and it went all over the all over the kitchen floor <laughs> to the to the pain of my mates and I thought oh well, that was it anyway then so and again I, I think probably going to college there was a I was probably meeting more people who were of that sort of persuasion so again probably it was easier with that sort of um, you know, the typical college backdrop where you you do meet people who are, have got different ideas and are doing different things. And so I, I suspect that probably made it easier for me to make that decision. Um, again, it was only chicken at that point I gave up. And then I think I, I think for some slightly bizarre reason, I decided to carry on eating turkey for maybe one more Christmas or something like that. And, and I'd, 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 I'd maybe, maybe that was possibly not wanting to kind of have the whole family, you know, inqui- inquisition about, about yes. that, which obviously did occur and... You know, kind of carried on for several years although it's quite quite normal now that was that was probably 2021 um i remember i then didn't give up anything else to about the age of 26 i think which is when i gave up fish uh and all shell shellfish had obviously given up all other meat to, to that point and again weirdly i'd started just experimenting eating other sort of types of fish around that time as well but I, get, I think i'm trying to think what triggered that i i think it was just part of that journey where i thought you know i need to I need to do a bit more here. P- probably I'd read some stuff about the, the suffering of fish, I think. Again, probably some more leaflets. I would, by that point, I would have been a member of various groups, you know, it was Animal Aid and PETA and, and, and uh, groups like that. So probably that sort of stuff had started to make its mark a bit more on me. Can so, I ask what what's your identity was with regards to these things at, at this point, if, if, you, if you can remember or indeed... Mm kind of put a, put your finger on it because it's um what i'm hearing is like a, a gradual sure. gradual reduction of these things yeah, yeah like did did that come with come with an identity label from your point of view or not yeah i mean very much so that yeah the, as you'd expect so yeah becoming vegetarian pescatarian obviously um, and then vegetarian i don't think pescatarian around that time or maybe it was my ignorance wasn't really thrown around too much as a label at that point so i probably referred to myself as vegetarian that ate fish which is fucks the hell out of me normally these days but (laughs) but i you know i I guess uh i I think again memory memory is um not my strongest facet these days but i I think i probably referred to myself as 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 that and then yeah full full full-on sort of vegetarian obviously once i once i'd given up fish so up to that point that was that was kind of the fairly standard labels i guess so I yeah used. and was the transition from vegetarian to vegan did that happen in in similar ways kind of like going yep. a, a product at a time if, if you like uh no actually I, when i went vegan i mean it was a, a relatively uh, it wasn't an overnight thing but i kind of tried various different products but when i i'm trying to think actually i think i I'm trying to think now it was quite easy to give up eggs for me with the with the the milk side of stuff i was fortunately seeing someone at the time who was vegan 
and she helped me try lots of different vegan milks until until I got used to them. And it took me about three months, yes. I think, to get used to, to used to them. And went through. I mean, back then there was less choice, but there was still choice. So I probably went through about half a dozen different types of vegan milk. And I found one I like. I think it was a cult one at the time. But yeah, she was really she was really important in, in getting me to think, taking that step that I think we see a lot as a challenge to veganism, which is people who are veggie. And you just don't make that step into veganism. I still know a lot of people like that who still play back the usual, well, you know, love cheese, etc., blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she was really good. Got me got me into that. I'd arrive and she'd say, I've got your, got your cow pus in the, um, in the fridge if you want it. And so, uh, but but uh, significantly for me, and I think this is an important part, and you know, in terms of how I approach trying to help people go vegan or kind of embrace it, is she was very non-judgmental and quite gentle with kind of not pushing. That sounds like sort of drug dealing, but it's like kind of more like kind of the, the, the opening your eyes to the different products and trying them and making your own mind up. Because if you said I really don't like that particular, you know, I don't rice milk or something like that, but oh, I, don't, I like this one. So it's kind of helping helping you reach that decision and finding the stuff that you like to to support that move so what what that sounds like to me is that there's there's things going on in your life at that time that are helping you kind of be vegan ready if you like if you've got somebody that's that's able to support and give advice but not be judgmental Mm -hmm. like is is that a fair assessment that you're yeah definitely yeah yeah i think that's absolutely the case and uh, as i say i think not only did it help me in my own journey to get there but i guess you know um i've never really thought of it like this before but i guess it probably formed way of engaging with people as well to try and get them because i guess you you know you can't help but go on your own life experience can you to sort of take that forward and i I suppose if you think well this this helped me then i'll try and take the same approach with other people yeah were there things that you were afraid of or reticent about at, 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 at that stage nonetheless yeah i guess i there was there was challenges for sure you know i had I remember having family members saying, oh, you're going to get ill. I mean, it wasn't things I, I thought. I, you know, I, I knew that was just, you know, a bit due to lack of information and understanding on their side. But there was, there was, you know, I'd get some ribbing from, from friends, colleagues, friends in general. It was quite gentle ribbing. And actually, when it came down to it, they totally understood and often would take me to one side, well, would speak to me one side going, ah, oh, fair play to you, actually. I kind of get your commitment to it. Not for me, but, you know, um, fair play and all that. Other challenges, I mean, the, the stuff about, you know, the kind of practicalities of being in certain circumstances where you can't, where you weren't able to eat um, was, was a challenge sometimes um, back, in that, back in that day. Yeah, I don't know, did you have other sort of things in mind there in terms of maybe like the kind of typical masculinity challenge around that sort of thing? I guess there's just with, with any change in lifestyle or indeed any event that is kind of coming up for somebody you will generally have a perceived anticipation of it as, as to what it might be like uh, uh, and, mm. and and some of that will be eagerness and there'll be positive anticipation but also yes. there will be feelings of foreboding or worries or anxiety some of which end up not being the case at all but mm. we can mm. we can give ourselves a narrative can't we before yeah, engaging yeah, yeah. in something and it's it's sometimes interesting to compare notes on those i think did did i worry that i might not see it through because of missing certain foods probably but then that didn't find that particularly difficult in the end because I think I was lucky enough to be with someone at the time who was a good cook <laughs> lots better than me and also lived in an area that had actually some good selection of vegan foods you could go out and eat whether it was like pubs or stuff like that so 
I think if I didn't have that, like let's say I was in a um, lived in the middle of nowhere with not much sort of other than a small small sort of corner shop type thing, I think that would have been a lot more difficult. But having access to larger cities, you know, eateries and and uh, you know starting to open your eyes about cooking a bit more yourself, then that was that was uh, a lot a lot easier. Yeah, but you've talked about some things that were that were perhaps easier than you expected. Was there anything that surprised you, kind of in in either direction? Certainly, as time went on, you know, the, the kind of the I think the the fact that it opened up more and a more imaginative relationship with food. Because I think before, probably like most people, my cuisine sort of choice was was. I wouldn't say it's boring, but it's yeah. Like most people, probably didn't have many adventurous meals, and so starting to understand different ingredients and looking at different dishes and combinations of stuff was quite exciting. So I don't know, like investigating more Arabic food, for example, um, that was that was really good. So I guess other than that, you know, the flip side of that fear about not finding enough to eat was like actually there's some really good stuff here. I I might not have found for a while if I didn't didn't go down this road yeah that's that's great isn't it it's like an un- unexpected gift like what yeah. what um what have been your your favorite findings on on that subject you mentioned arabic food yeah arabic food big, big fan of arabic food i think you know finding that you know if you're lucky and you've got a chinese takeaway that does mock meats i'm a big fan of mock meats i know it's not it's kind of a bit of a divided opinion in the vegan community i'm a big fan of it it's a good transition thing to have out there for non-vegans Finding that was out there. Finding that some of those are actually really good. That was that was that was great because I thought, oh, this is, this is close to it. And yeah, you and I know stuff's getting really, really close, dangerously close sometimes, and you're kind of having to question it. Yeah. But you think, well, I'm not, I'm not missing anything here. I'm eating something that is close enough for me that I'm enjoying it, but obviously not causing animal suffering. And uh, so yeah, it's a no-brainer, you know, at the end of the day. So yeah, that was that was uh, that was that was a surprise. I think in terms of, um, I guess I did. Wor- I guess I did worry. Just going back to the original point about what it might mean for health i mean I, I was not particularly at that point in time probably not particularly active but i did think oh am i gonna might might feel a bit tired might have to look at taking vitamins and stuff like that and and but that didn't really pan out anyway so that was that that was good and you know as you as you know sort of later years i've obviously taken up doing more long distance running which i never did when i was younger and i'm doing now and uh, even into my first marathon next year so it's certainly not helped me back on that front on that front yeah it sounds like it's just been full of uh, lots of unexpected pleasant surprises for you yeah yeah and, and i think also well I um, mean, maybe another good one to touch on, if if you're, if you're happy to talk, stay on that for a little bit longer, is um, people that you meet. So that's been generally very good. So you know, in the early days, I met people that were involved in again through through sort of the person I was seeing, met some uh, you know, hunts apps and people that were quite active and found them fascinating and really re- really interesting interesting characters a lot of them yeah um very kind of like it kind of felt like very much like a punk movement i suppose to some degree and but flip side of that obviously there were some people that um wouldn't necessarily be my cup of tea should we say so there's you know as we as any community and movement there's a range of people there's some great people and some you know i've met some fantastic people and made friends with some fantastic people that again i wouldn't have met if i didn't go down that journey so i'm really grateful for that yeah. um and compassionate people but yeah there's some as well that you think don't do the movement any good <laughs> particularly or or just aren't my kind of people at the end of the day and we're not all meant to get on with each other everyone but yeah some of them have been interesting characters so. yeah i think we we could probably safely say that it's um if, if you're hearing complete evangelism from somebody that every yeah. that all vegan food is great or that all vegans are amazing then that yeah. there's somebody 
probably not being completely honest there or, or, or possibly being so won over by it all that they're not necessarily seeing things straight because that's absolutely yeah and that's the thing isn't it i think it's, it's kind of having that realistic view i mean I, I think the people that i naturally saw as uh, friends in the movement tended to be of the same approach to veganism so they were sort of progressive vegans who were quite practical passionate but practical if you like really not not kind of evangelistic because you know as i say that didn't get me to be vegan you know and i i spoke to people over the years that i have been vegan and you know the, the message i keep hearing is i was nearly put off being vegan because people were just aggressive or, or kind of setting the bar too high um or mm. expecting perfection overnight and it's just a crazy this any i've got a bit of background in psychology uh, which you might, you might not know but you know change changing people's attitude social change point me to the amount of times it happens overnight and if you just tell someone to do something and they do it, it doesn't happen yeah it takes time it takes coercion a little bit and takes you've got to be on a journey so yeah it's um it's, it's all rolled into that i think yeah absolutely and i mean my my own personal vegan journey has has involved times particularly in the early years when i I wasn't sticking to it a hundred percent, not for prolonged periods, but I think similar to, to what you were referring to with Turkey at Christmas dinner and things like that. Just a few occasions yeah. where I've not wanted to rock the boat too much, or I've not yeah, had the, yeah. not had the social tools to know how to say no to something. Is, is that something yeah, you've yeah. experienced too, to start with? It is. I think, I mean, I was pretty good though. I think uh, once I decided something sticking to it although and, and where i slipped up again i'm i'm i'm, mem- I'm trying to remember it wasn't through choice but like most people i had errors uh, as in like you know getting served the wrong thing and then halfway through eating it you're thinking christ this isn't this isn't what it was you know i put uni you know, getting served some kind of uh, chicken pie or something and i'd eaten half of it before i realized you know and, and same with a few beers on a night out and you've gone in to get something and they're giving you the wrong thing so that certainly happened i mean i don't know about you but i, I can't remember if it was last year i'm sure i've made mistakes recently but i don't get hung up about it i just think mistakes been made confusion or whatever you you, you kind of action man eagle are pretty good at it now at spotting it or smelling it <laughs> and um but sometimes it, it's gonna you're gonna slip up inadvertently and you just have to kind of not get too hit up about that um, and move on well yeah i don't really see what the alternative is really it's it's well no and and though we can sort of uh, make jest about you know losing your vegan card and 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 things like Mm. that 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 that's not the point of the the movement or the, no, the intention no. at all is it it's it's Absolutely. it's about yeah. the long term and it's about trying to do your best and that's all we absolutely. can do isn't it yeah absolutely it's not about it's, you know the whole external perception that veganism is it's, it's about trying to be perfect mm-hmm. yeah obviously we know that's not the case and any i think anything we do that supports that view is, is should be avoided you know we, it's good to kind of be honest about mistakes and and say you know yeah i I might not. People will inevitably go, oh, you drive a car, so you're killing insects when you're driving along. Saying, I'm not trying to be perfect. It's about, you know, it's, the definition is as, as far as is practically possible, as we all know. But that's that's kind of, the, I think, the being a hum, humble and a sort of honest and, and person about it, really. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms, of, in terms of trying our best, like things at our disposal that can help and tools and resources, what have been the most useful to you? And I, I'm going to, make a an assumption here that 
that mm. may have changed over time. There will have been some resources or some approaches or some tools that in those first few days, weeks, months were, were a lot more useful than they need to be now because you're, it's far mm. more ingrained. Yeah, I mean, I think probably going back to the time I was certainly in those early days, we didn't have the internet wasn't wasn't a thing. So you didn't have that out there, which is you know, it's a great tool for, for people now. But there wasn't that. So it would have been I think it would have been making connections with people that made you think and having those kind of direct conversations. There would have been membership of groups about um, mine, mine predominantly to start with being around animal welfare. It would have been the sort of traditional ones, um, you know, even like RSPCA type stuff, and, and getting that subsequent message, which is, you know, if you care about animals, you know, why are you eating them kind of thing. So, yeah, those would have been... Uh, key things probably being part of groups as well because i guess i guess i was I, my movement to veganism was before there was too many sort of you know documentaries internet things like that which probably would have influenced younger people so not so much of that for me by the time those sort of things come along yes i've watched them and some of them have been great but they're more i i look at those more as I wonder if these are a good tool for other people now. Um, yeah. As, as opposed to, yeah, you know, I'm assessing them as a, a a tool for for kind of spreading the spreading the word, to say to speak. Well, so I think than... I think that's part of it is that actually it's it's not just where you are on your own journey. It's the mm-hmm. it's the availability of other resources. So my first year of being vegan, for example, like Sauce Mix was an incredible resource. Now, yeah, now yeah. I mean, just just for nostalgia's <laughs> sake, I did happen to make my own a, a, a few weeks ago, but you can't <laughs> yeah, buy yeah. it anymore because it's just not needed anymore because there are other resources and there are other products out there. Yeah. And so it's also partly the age that we're living in. What, what, would, yeah. what would you say in 2024? four are like the biggest and most useful resources for you being vegan day to day for me obviously being vegan already then i'm kind of looking at things like uh, directly for me like so recipe based stuff for example or the sort of information or whether it's tv or film stuff that sometimes reinforces or reminds you sometimes why you're vegan um you know i think that's useful i think that's probably something we've not touched on as well so you are vegan sometimes it helps to kind of step back and remember why you're doing it that's quite a helpful thing to just kind of go i'm still happy this is the right decision i'm doing the right thing and uh you know if i can have interactions with people whereby i can push this to some degree and, and get them interested then all, all the better yeah I, I think you know obviously eateries you're going out restaurants great I, I, I eat out a lot as you know yourself but so traveling around the country going to different restaurants seeing what they're offering seeing the amazing food that's out there now in the different you know different cultures of food brilliant it's great for me some of those are obviously more actively involved in some of the pushing of the message like if it's um I don't know, say unity diner or something like that in london so yeah they, those are those are really useful but I, I still have, I still get all the kind of membership um, magazines through and I, electronically or by by post. But I, I do tend to kind of look at them and, and um, probably more skim read them these days. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in sort of certain articles, but if it's stuff about, you know, starting to go vegan, I might have a read of it just to see what people are saying, but it's obviously not, I don't feel the need to look at it. The other thing as well is I, I do know some vegans now who are on the internet a lot, say on Facebook, and they still subject themselves to a lot of the kind of graphic videos. And I think that can 
not only impacts mental health, but I, you know, I have said to these people, this is just my view, I don't think you need to do this. You've chosen to be vegan already. I, you, don't, you don't need to beat yourself up, make yourself feel, mm. feel guilty by watching this stuff. It's upsetting. You've made a decision to you know, not support that. I, I, you know, I don't see the benefit personally in watching that again. That's kind of, we've already gone past that point. Yeah. That's just my take anyway. Can I seek some clarification then? Because I thought that's mm. what you were referring to a moment ago when mm. you were saying it's quite useful to kind of reaffirm why you're doing it. In my head, I was yes. naturally thinking of you re-watching some, some graphic footage or some documentaries. Not so much that, no. Not documentaries, but um, not, not, I would... I personally try to avoid that because I do find it upsetting, like most people. And and um, yeah, I do watch watch sort of stuff with it in, but you know, it's it's it can be difficult. I I probably veer now more towards the sort of stuff like looking at science sort of stuff. So mm. looking at maybe like sport science with it. You know, if there's kind of World Health Organization studies. So yeah, more of a more of a kind of medical scientific approach, I guess maybe really now yeah. um, is kind of where I'm at. But yeah, it's not to say I don't see any of that stuff at all now but i i'm just conscious that i don't think it's gonna that in itself is gonna reaffirm it that that's kind of so set in my mind that that's kind of <laughs> wrong that that's never going to change you know and i've i've been lucky enough i guess that i don't think i've ever kind of fallen off the wagon and i can't ever see me doing that so i've you know i'm not sort of blowing my own trumpet there really and it's just it's, just feels like i couldn't yeah couldn't do that you couldn't ever go back it would just be i just can't comprehend it if to some degree yeah I, I i couldn't necessarily pinpoint exactly when it was but there's certain it's certainly been the case for me for a number of years that i simply can't imagine not being vegan i, d I don't know how i do it um i don't know how i do being non-vegan um and that obviously wasn't the case at the start there were the practical things and emotional things and social things to, and dietary things to get used to but there does come a point i think for a lot of people where it's just like well there's no need to go back now and actually i like it's it's just automatic carrying on the way that i am yeah it would be like it would be like someone saying are you gonna vote tory or <laughs> something like that it's like kind of it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen so it's like kind of yeah i just couldn't can't comprehend it so it's uh, yeah so slightly random question for you now what difficulties are there about being vegan that you think people don't talk about very much i think we've touched on one of those things which is community it is a double-edged sword i think you know you you can get a lot of support and find some good people there but you can you can find that there's um things in those communities that are actively against mm. promoting veganism as i say by setting the bars to you putting new people in the position where they just go oh so this, this is too this is just a sanctimonious kind of view and that, that's kind of what i feel quite tuned into that feel like you've reached a, a good point for yourself i'm kind of more interested in you know i know i'm not going to go back but it's kind of like I, I speak to people now saying oh yeah i was really interested in you know they've a lot of veggies you know and they're like oh, i sort of tried to get information about it joined a local group on facebook had some good conversations with people and then you know a couple of people were just really laying into me about honest questions and we know the sort of questions you know people will say well, what's wrong what's wrong with honey and they're asking mm. they're asking out of wanting to understand they're not asking in a kind of why why don't you eat it but people are quite um mm. they're triggered i think aren't they in some respects with these sort of questions and you need to be engaging with these people as a help as a helpful person not a kind of critical person um well it's very yeah. difficult sometimes to pick up tone in 
just written text on on something like Facebook. So so you can assume that somebody's asking it in a sarcastic way or a, a toxic way, and and they're absolutely not. But it's yeah yeah no you're right yeah I mean I think we all, we've all been there in terms of like you know misinterpreted text messages mm. or, or emails or you know whether it's work or personal whatever and misinterpretation can lead to all sorts of things. So yeah absolutely agree with that. I think I mean. You, you alluded to it earlier on some of the product um in general stuff is really good now but i think we all know so maybe early early days something like the cheese and people would say to you i can't go vegan because i don't like the cheese and i'd say have to say yeah i know it tastes like shit <laughs> <laughs> um, but but and you know when um you probably know, I used to do sort of vegan stools and stuff like that and you'd go and get your free samples and You'd, you'd usually get loads of samples from the companies, the stuff that you thought, I don't want to give this away because people don't like this. It's a rank. And you'd want the really kind of deluxe stuff that people wouldn't want to give away. But you're like, I want to give the quality stuff away so people do like it. And so I think it's being honest about what's good and not. So I have conversations with people at work and, you know, they'll say, oh, but yeah, but vegan cheese or I don't know, um, or this mock meat or whatever or like vegan egg and i'll say yeah it's not quite there yet but there's some really interesting stuff coming out and you know i think we're not far away and it's kind of lots of money going into it and give it five years i think we'll be there but to just sort of say to people oh it's all wonderful i mean that's just i think you're disingenuous then and you create a, a view that you know vegans are just gonna be your be um, well lie about if stuff will be to be positive about everything when it's not so and if you want people to kind of join in with you that you've got to got to say to them well i don't like this particular one myself but I, i'm quite keen on this one maybe like this well, one well i mean that um, the impact could be huge if you if you recommended a product that's really not very good it really could put someone off i i had that experience with cheese and with chocolate the first vegan cheese the first vegan chocolate i had really really was bad and going from vegetarian like i was still very used to those things it, it didn't sway me but you know it, it I, there was i wobbled you know i, I wasn't 100 percent sure yeah no i think that's and it, it was definitely you know that was um one of the things doing the stalls in fact we got to the point with, with the sort of local group where we would go and buy stuff ourselves rather than because i mean back in the day you'd get a lot of samples through but as things became more popular um i think the companies felt less inclined to try and engage with local groups and i get that because it's cost as well so you kind of would end up going to holland and barrett as it was back in the day and say well what's the what's the premium stuff and can we cut out really small yeah and kind of give it away you know put that put, put that stuff to the front of the you know the store and get people to, to try it um because you would get people coming along even well veggies and vegans saying oh yeah, i'm still trying to find the the, the sort of golden chalice of a decent cheese and we say wow have you tried this you know it's, it's kind of a, yeah so is there still stuff that you you wouldn't recommend because i think it's just as important to know that yeah there's still products that i don't there's plenty of products i don't like or don't rate i mean i won't i won't say names because i don't think it's fair but, no no uh, do it well no, i think yeah, i think you should well i mean you know there's stuff like you know the cheesy stuff and the, the old school cheesy stuff which is tastes a bit like old socks but but some some of the I mean, some of the new stuff that's come out, I mean, I like to try it. As I say, I like the mock meats. And I've tried some of the new, should we say, premium expensive kind of mock meats. And they're good. But as I've said quite openly to people, this is really nice. And like, you might have your juicy marbles kind of steak and it might be um, whatever it is in Waitrose is about 10 quid or something, isn't it? It's expensive, which is, again, is a potentially off-putting factor to people. But I'd go and say, if you want something like that, go and get the Vivera steaks from Tesco for like, three quid because I, personally i think they're 
just as good if you want that kind of experience. Um, but again, that's my that's my taste palette, and uh, you know. But yeah, but I, th- I think, like you say, that honesty is really important mm-hmm. there. And yeah, I'd completely agree with you. The um, the juicy marbles for for my taste is not seven pounds no, better no. than the Vivera. I did have the, the one time I've tried it. Uh, it did happen to be reduced to about three pounds in in Waitrose. So it's yeah, I did, I did, I did say to someone, I said, "I'm going to have that, but it's going to be it's going to have to be a yellow label job." That one, it's sort of uh, no way I'm going to because you know, I mean, it's it's there is that um, thing we have to fight at the moment still, isn't there? That we, I, I still hear it now for people going, "Well, you know, it's you know, times are hard and veganism's expensive." And you go, "Well, it's as expensive as you want to make it as it is if you don't you know, if you want to go and buy premium products and go to MS and stuff and buy the quite ridiculously priced stuff then fine um if you've got the money for it fair enough but you know i'm i'm tight <laughs> so i kind of like i like a bargain so uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking for the sort of mid, mid, mid-range stuff and i'm a massive convert to oldie over the last few years because i think they've been winning winning the kind of christmas food thing certainly hands down for the last few years and you know quite excited about what they're going to come up with now as compared to say the more premium supermarkets who have you know, maybe taking the foot off the gas a little bit maybe or asking big wedge for when people don't want to necessarily spend like 15 quid on something so yeah it's uh, definitely honesty and um, pointing people in the right direction and and uh, not not being um not being elitist about it as well you know kind of oh yes you must it must have the best stuff from waitrose or whatever it's like find find the range as you know yourself when you're on these stools you'll have, you'll meet people that have got different different tastes different financial situations um time all that sort of stuff so you need to be able to have conversations with them where you can talk about quick food uh um yeah, premium food uh budget food um easy to make food um food for kids uh, food for fussy eaters um you know food for people who've got other allergies or intolerances as well that you need to consider so there's all that to think about isn't there yeah absolutely and it's uh and the the great thing is that all of those groups of people can can be catered yeah, for sure. yeah, um, sure. but in different ways yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so if we can talk just generally to somebody if, if let's say somebody comes up to you now uh start of 2024 and says paul i've i've been reading some stuff online or my my friend has been talking to me and i'd like to try veganism what would be the first things that you'd say to them or the top tips you'd want to give them i'd say that sounds amazing that's really that's really great um i'd probably say what sort of stuff have you been reading or looking at because i'd want to understand what their motive was because it's maybe dangerous to assume that people are thinking the same way as you in terms of you know are they are they interested in animal welfare because some people that's a kind of side bonus isn't it i think for vegans and for them that they might be more interested mm. in thinking if i eat vegan i think it will be better for the planet um, might be more healthy for example so you've got to you've got to tap into what their motivation is because if you start talking not on that level you're probably not going to engage with them or it's not what they want to hear if they said oh, i, I I'm, I'm training i want to kind of eat healthy vegan food and you have to switch your mind to that so yeah i think you have to make know your audience i guess is the is the first thing isn't it yeah i know i would be wanting to know what challenges they think they might have so if they're scared or worried about cooking at home or or something like that or how how it might be difficult to have conversations with say partners or parents or that kind of thing or going away that kind of thing then to try and deal with the kind of immediate blockers that they might have whatever they are Mm. um it could be that they you know they go i live with a partner who eats meat you know and, and kind of 
don't know sure how that's going to work and try and try and help them think through how they might be able to make that change but you know maintain that relationship for example so that kind of thing um and then yeah i'd be trying to make them aware of any information that was out there rather than me kind of just espousing everything it's kind of like if they want sources of information on a particular area is i think one of the things that you can pr- i'm pretty good at now is kind of knowing where to point people for certain stuff so you know mm. i would be kind of just using my knowledge for that to try and point them in the right direction whether it's joining groups or looking at certain areas or certain studies that kind of thing really that's the great thing of experience though isn't it is that your your knowledge only accumulates you never forget you never like unlearn stuff you never get worse at this so over time you're constantly going to know more and more places for information more and more places for inspiration it, it only gets better doesn't it yeah and i think you know when you when you either doing the stools or like when we did uh you might remember we did the big vegan fairs in in, in worcester mm. you know where we attracted like three, three and a half thousand people which back in the day was amazing you know you don't necessarily need those things so much now but it was great back in the day and um I always remember so you'd have maybe three or four of you on the stool and you'd have like maybe someone a bit older who was a bit more old school animal rights and then you'd have someone who's a bit younger. And if someone would come up with a question, if you didn't know, you knew, you almost had the sort of a panel of expertise and you'd go, right, I know this person's a better cook than me. She's yeah. So you go, mm, what, what, what do you think we could, what would you use for this kind of making this cake or something like that? And so you, you're kind of great. You put your minds together and you could, it wasn't really a question you couldn't, you couldn't respond to. It was great. You know, always had a, okay. a very rarely stuck for kind of an answer to help people out. and A left... vegan hive mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a brainstorm thing. So that was really good. I, mean, I enjoyed that imparting information and people leaving that conversation, whether it's either to go and buy a new product or try somewhere to eat or go and look at something, go and read something and, you know, leaving with a kind of, oh, right, yeah, I'm heading off now. And you think, oh, set them off maybe in the right direction. You know, I'm not, not going to change them overnight or anything but maybe i've helped them you know that's 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 a good thing yeah it's a nice feeling isn't it hypothetical question for you now let's let's imagine that your your journey to veganism has sort of culminated in 2024 the start of this year how do you think that that journey would be different if it was starting now uh i think it would be easier i think obviously the as we said before, the sources of information would be different and greater. Flip side of that is that, you know, to some degree, when you think about the internet, one of its one of its positives and negatives is the amount of information out there, you know, and the and the and the accuracy and the credibility and the way it's sort of presented is a flip side, isn't it? Because it can, it can be negative as well as, as as positive. I don't think it would change my. I don't think I'd change my journey in it being gradual. I, I I know very few people that have gone vegan overnight from being meat eaters. I can think of a think of maybe a, a you know, less than what I could count on one hand, and and, and you know, more power to them and great. But it's not. I don't think it's the usual way of doing things um and so i don't i don't i don't think i would it's not like i would think there's more stuff out there now that would change the way that happened and i'm pretty sure i'd go through a similar sort of journey trying out different things joining different groups mm. i i suspect now played a reasonable part in in kind of promoting the local scene working with other people and now you know for, for various reasons we're kind of more just like an online facebook sort of presence we don't sort of do so much stuff and that's partly because of time and various other things but partly because there's less there's less immediate need for it now and the return on putting all the effort in because doing those fairs it's like eight months planning it was bloody hard work for 
yeah. four or five of you. And yeah, you'd finish and you'd feel brilliant. It was great. But a lot of the things that I think the vegan movement do are often done without reviewing what the, if it's efficient, is it, is it, is it good use of time, you know? So, so you can go and post a thousand leaflets and congratulate yourself about how brilliant that is. But if no one's really read them, then you're wasting your time so yeah absolutely well you, you've kind of dipped into my last question there which which if you could go back to to the start of your journey again and and do it again is there anything you'd do differently uh, if i'm being honest i probably would have liked to have gone vegan overnight only because you know when you get to being kind of a full vegan you think i could have saved a few more animals kind of or wouldn't have been involved in the industry so much so so yeah i i guess ideal world that might be might be the case um you know, one thing i wish i had done i wish i i wish i'd kind of invested more in sort of sort of uh, maybe some vegan um businesses or vegan products because i was always saying how great these things were and it was the future and everything like that if i had i'd kind of put my money where my mouth was self investing in some of these things I, although i've done it now and it's not necessarily worked out but i would have probably liked to have been more on the cutting edge of that and having the the kind of having the kahunas to kind of do that sort of thing i'd i'd toy um, what I did actually um, back in the day, I looked at investing in a vegan restaurant as a sort of side investment. Didn't happen in the end, but a good job I didn't because that, that, that didn't work out. But so I, I dabbled with those sort of things. Things like, you know, obviously I was on the board for the Vegan Society for a little while. That was a that was an interesting experience for not always good reasons, and didn't get to make some of the changes I wanted to make there. So yeah, I would probably play that slightly differently. We've not spoken about running. I kind of want to hear about. I want to hear about your marathon. That you yeah, well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's something I'm a bit worried about. If you want to. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I've entered the Edinburgh Marathon next year, um, which is in nice. May. Yeah, and, it's a hot one, isn't it? Yeah, and then I've entered. 30k around Elan Valley Rider uh, in March, not far away now, just to see if I can kind of do it. But I've never run more than half a marathon, and even when I run them now, my my legs feel dead. So I'm I'm worried and want to know that my legs can carry me that far. Um, But I've got to look into sort of doing more uh, scientific things around gelling and and uh, eating the night before a bit more, and and uh, like looking at um, stuff to deal with salt loss that kind of thing so i need to need to up my ante a bit on that i think really so um I, I, this is something i feel i can give some advice well, there you from go. experience yeah, yes. have, having done lots of marathons yes. i would say in your training uh, particularly the long runs slow down yeah 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 no I'm, um, I'm, I'm pretty good at that <laughs> bye bye <default. good. laughs> and yeah just just make sure you're you're doing a long run every week because yeah, yeah. You, you you simply can't cut corners on that. And right. I think if you if you do it with enough build up, this is this is turning into a running podcast <laughs> now, which is is, is fine. Um, yeah, if you with enough enough build up, so several months build up before your target race. If you're once a week doing a long run, it really doesn't matter how slow you go. Like yeah. you can walk bits of yeah, it yeah, if, yeah. if you're concerned, but like the the miles in your legs won't lie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and that's that's going to get you there ninety percent of the time. Like you say, there's there's other factors in, in terms of hydration and fueling, mm-hmm. and medical conditions, and all that, all that <laughs> yeah. lot. But generally speaking, if you've done the miles, no matter at what speed, that's, that's will you be wearing the the vegan runners vest? Well, or are you running for a different cause. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm I do run with the vegan runners locally. I started recently, but um, the vegan runners top I've got, I have to say, isn't that comfortable. So I tend to wear other ones. Yeah, I've got one of the older ones and. 
I probably need to buy one of the new ones, but it, it, it's a bit. Um, it's a it's, the old stitching on the inside doesn't doesn't favour the nipples, should we say? Um, so um, yeah, I, I need to look at that. But in all honesty, I don't. I've never run races for particularly for causes. I've always just done them for me. So call, call, call it selfish, but I'm I'm kind of there for doing it. Um, just kind of for self, I guess, for self gratification to some degree. So uh, yeah. Neither, I guess, is the answer to your question. Well, I think uh, getting out there and uh, making yourself feel good is going to ultimately benefit the animals anyway. Yeah, and if yeah. you've got a if you've got a slightly uncomfortable vegan runner's vest that you put on from time <laughs> to time, that's an added bonus too. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. And, um, yeah, I know that that will have been very helpful to a lot of people. Great stuff. Thank you. Well, fabulous. Thank you for listening to that conversation with Paul. So many different ways of making veganism work in your life, aren't there? It's it's fabulous. I'm not going to go through all our other shows, but if you go to the Enough of the Falafel page on your podcast provider, you'll see all the different shows we do. If you've liked this one, there's a very good chance you'll like them too. Or maybe if you didn't like this, maybe you'll find something you prefer there. Anyway, thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>